Something happens to you when you leave this town. The farther away, the hazier it all gets. But me, I never left. I remember all of it. I swear, if it isn't dead, we'll come back to him. We didn't stop it. Pennywise. The clown. For 27 years, I dreamt of you. I craved you. I missed you! We need to finish it. For good. I've seen all of us die. Hello and welcome to this joint fan-critical and Castle Rock-critical podcast covering It Chapter 2. I like to think of our podcast group as our very own Losers Club and today, well, well I'm joined by my fellow loser, John, yeah. chirpsing in. <laughs> yeah, what, let's get that. What one would you... I didn't put anything down in my notes to say which loser you would be, but I just want to know what one you think you are out of that group of uh, losers. Um, well, I'm not going for the little fat fella. I did originally write Ben. Um, absolutely not. But I had to cross it out because I thought you no, could take I think, offense. <clears throat> I think in terms of uh, personality, yeah. it's probably Richie, to be honest. Yeah, and with the ending as well and everything. Like We'll get onto that later, obviously. Um, well, I would well. say I'll, I'll just go for standard um, Billy. I'll go for Billy, you know. Mm, Sometimes shit, stuttering with my delivery on the podcast. Also, Gareth, definitely Stanley. Yeah, yeah, 100%. 100% Stanley. Yeah. Um, Very small man. Very small, meek character. Yeah. So before we get started, I wanted to say that I know we've had a bit of a quieter summer than usual, but there is lots coming up here at Fan Critical, and in the advert, you're going to hear uh, lots lots about it. Um, <laughs> promoing the advert. Promo. It's a promo for the promo. Jesus. Now, there will be spoilers for it, both films, chapter one and chapter two, mm-hmm. and the book. So please be prepared for this podcast if you haven't seen them. Go watch them now. Mm. If you ha- if you don't care about book spoilers, then that's absolutely fine. If you yeah. do care, it's going to be in a little section at the end so you can switch off before we get onto any of the book content. <laughs> uh, now, I want to set the scene for you guys. Um, as is customary with a lot of the film reviews that me and John uh, go to see, we go to see them together. and We go mm. to cinema together to see them. Yep. Um, there's lots of inappropriate knee grabbing at moments of excitement, yep. shared tears at moments of sorrow. This time, however, we had a very uh, different experience, didn't we, uh, John? Do you, want to, do you want to describe to listeners what we what we embarked upon? Yeah, so uh, for some reason, I thought it would be a bit of a laugh to um, go and... I mean, we go to Cineworld. We'll be shouting Cineworld out. Yeah. Cineworld, are, uh, for any non-UK listeners, yeah. are probably the biggest cinema chain yeah, in the UK, I'd I would say, say. I'd say number one. Um, and... They're doing quite well because they've got the unlimited card. Oh, yeah. So they're constantly trying to spruce up their viewing experience. Um, mm. And their latest thing is uh, is, a, is a, a technology called Screen X. Yeah. Where, for some reason, they've decided, <laughs> why watch a film on just... One wall. One wall. Mm. Why not watch it on free, in a way? In a way. So you kind of... I guess it's a little bit like the curved TV screens. Yeah. Um, but obviously much better than that because you kind of sit in the film. That's that's you, what... You, you do. You mm. do sit in there. I would say I was expecting a bit more um, sophistication with it. Yeah. I did look rubbish, at the right-hand wall <laughs> at one point and there's just the exit sign just in the middle... <laughs> <laughs> poking out of the wall yeah. and the projection running over it. Yeah. it. They've essentially got one projector still and then they've just got two walls yeah. that they sort of go, yeah, maybe just project onto that for a bit. Mm, um, it was cool for the first like two shots. Yeah. And then I kind of just forgot it was there and it didn't <laughs> enhance it in any way, shape or form for me. I thought with Pennywise, like maybe being on the walls and sort of feeling like you're 
you're very claustrophobic in there. Mm. I felt it might be quite good, but actually I didn't really notice it that much. No, I, I mean, in a, a three-hour film... Epic. It appeared for about 10 minutes of footage. <laughs> it did say... It just turns on yeah, and off. Discretionary message... Uh, not all scenes will be in this two, <laughs> 270 degree format and we yeah. were just joking yeah probably like one or two yeah um, and we were spot on yeah literally yeah. it was it wasn't Pointless. that many i did think they zoomed the image in as well to sort of uh you know get this effect mm. and i could tell the quality of the main projector seemed down to me <laughs> So it's like, it's got a 4K image, they've cropped it into regular HD on a massive projector, mm. and it felt like we, we sacrificed a bit of quality for this experience. Yeah, um, it, silly. It didn't really harm our general viewing of the film. Yeah. It was quirky, it was interesting, but I wouldn't recommend it, to be honest with you. No, no, definitely not. So, uh, John, you, inf- you enjoyed the first It. It's chapter one. Bloody good, that. We've referenced that it's like a, you know, it's a more adult sort of Stranger Things. And obviously Stranger mm. Things took a lot of, um, inf- uh, is heavily influenced by a lot of Stephen King novels, especially like in like De- like Derry, Maine, the town and like yeah. the, the kids and their journey and their friendship, overcoming supernatural entities, that sort of thing. Uh, what, what did you think of the second chapter? And... Please Blueberry score it uh, and explain the Blueberry system for any new listeners um, listening to us for the first time. Well, look, hello, new listeners, if if there are any. Um, the Blueberry scale system is thus. There can be zero bloobs, there can be five bloobs, but there can be no half bloob. Yeah, anywhere in between. You can go one, two, three, four <laughs> yeah. as well. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that would be terrible if yeah. it was just... Terrible scale. Yeah, is this the worst film ever or Good the best film or ever? bad. <laughs> um, I'm going to give this yeah. a three bloob. Okay. Um, I'm a little bit disappointed that I am giving it a three mm. because I think the main reason is the length mm. of this film. It is yeah. too long. Yeah. It's too long. Yeah. I do agree with that. I mean, we'll talk about the book as a reference point. It is a mammoth. Mm. It is, I think it's 1,100 pages or close to 1,100 pages. You're talking about the size of a Game of Thrones book, maybe Mm. like Storm of Swords split into two. You know, it's a massive book. Mm. So they had a lot of stuff to work with here. And as we come on to with the book stuff, there's some crazy stuff that they left out. But um, just the length was the main thing for you. Yeah, I mean, it just felt like samey. Yeah. And I guess Well, I'll come on to that, yeah. I'm I'm sitting there and I'm like, right, okay, I mean every single member of this team is gonna go through a set piece. A scary bit mm. that doesn't threaten their life at all. Mm. And after the first three, I was just yeah. like, Oh no, c- come on, hurry up now. Yeah. It was like it it just bored me. Yeah. And mainly that was due to the fact that it's close to three hours. It is close, yeah. Very so close. The first hour, it's kind of like, what's going on here? And because mm. I, I, I didn't know it was three hours, I, I felt <laughs> robbed once I looked at my phone halfway through. I was Don't like, look at your phone. Fuck. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, uh, and I hate saying that as well. Um, the the problem, uh, I, I, it's not that I dislike long films. Yeah. But I do dislike a film that feels baggy. long. Feels baggy. And this yeah. felt long. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I guess you're not going to be interested in the Muschetti mega cut that is being made, which <laughs> is going to be a joining of chapter one, chapter two, with sh- they're shooting they're shooting new scenes actually to add into the mega cut oh, yeah. and scenes that were cut. So it's going to be a mega director's cut. They reckon something like six and a half hours That's is potentially the runtime. Yeah. So I'll get you that for your birthday. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm going to echo the three blueberries, and I have to say I'm a bit devastated. I didn't, I can't give this one a four. Now I've read the book, so I'm coming out from from a book perspective as well. And like I said, the length is an issue for me. I think they did a pretty good job considering how massive it is. The book, yeah, but I just, I just think there's too many horror set pieces. The the chapter one had the same issue for me. It introduced the characters at the start. An excellent scene with Georgie, excellent scene mm. introducing the kids. And then they all went off and they had their own individual experiences against Pennywise. And I felt even in the first chapter, that was my biggest negative. Mm. It felt like it was, here's a set piece, here's a set piece, here's a set piece, literally seven times. Yeah, And then... 
then you had them all lovely scenes of them all interacting with each other mm. and fighting it together and that's all great the film doubled down on that this time with the totems and the idea that the adults had to go fill in the gaps of their lost memory find the totems and it was just set piece after set piece after set piece again yeah and like you said, there's no jeopardy there. Mm. As a book reader, unless they mixed it up, which they kind of did at times, which we'll talk about, but I knew that, cert- that all the characters were going to make it until the final battle. I knew, you know, certain things were going to happen and there was just no jeopardy there. And the great thing about horror sometimes is not seeing um, the monster. Yeah, definitely. And although that's obviously been spoiled because Pennywise has been massively, you know, in the in the pop culture and zeitgeist ever since chapter one was, yeah, was yeah, remade yeah. Yeah. um it still would be nice to have those me- moments of just drawn back you know emotional horror emotional mm. tension and i just felt like there was a lot of jump scares in here yeah i still love the film i had a really good time watching it mm, probably hilarious. it is hilarious and that's what i love <laughs> about stephen king material there's an inherent horror to it like we talked about with the emotional horror but there's also you know Levity. I mean, Pet Cemetery is one of the best comedies of all time. Yeah, and not the new one. I no, haven't seen that. No, that is actually good. But yeah, you like yeah, it. yeah, I really liked it. Yeah. Um, but the uh, you know some of the stuff just came. We were laughing quite a lot, to be honest with you. <laughs> um, but we had a great time watching it, and you know, great performances from Skarsgård and Hader actually did a. It's a very good performance. He Bill Hader. He was excellent in this. So I'm going to give it a three. Just misses out on the four, but I did really enjoy it. Okay, let's move on to a lovely advert. (laughs) Hello. Yes, as I mentioned earlier, we have been a bit quiet this summer, but that's because the TV season generally goes quite quiet in the summer and things gear up around wintertime and they are definitely gearing up here at Fan Critical. We have just released our latest worst of Netflix with John and Gareth covering American Poltergeist. Very funny. Go and check that out. Mm. Uh, The worst of Netflix series, uh, the search to find the worst films on Netflix. They watch them so you don't have to. Mm. Emma and Lucy are continuing their Mindhunter season two coverage. The next installments covering episodes four to six and seven to Nine will be out very soon indeed. Hopefully one this week. Yep. Uh, just to say, Castle Rock Season 2 is very, very much within our our mindset, our thoughts, our thinking. And we will be covering, of course, Season 2 on Castle Rock Critical and publishing here on Fan Critical. There is a Season 2 trailer that is out now. We will be reviewing that this week. Mm. That will be out on Wednesday evening GMT. So look out for that one, any Castle Rock fans. Myself and John will be embarking upon a HBO Watchmen podcast where we are covering Damon Lindelof's take on The Watchmen. Uh, very, very much hyped show. We'll have mm. our own standalone podcast for Can't that. It's going to be very interesting. Mm. We'll also be covering The Joker. Yeah. Uh, the new iteration of The Joker film, which is getting absolute rave reviews and Oscar, you know, there's tips of an Oscar. Yeah, serious you know. Oscar buzz for, uh, for Joaquin. What is it with the joke? The role of the Joker that seems to get a lot of Oscars, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, tell that to fucking Jared Leto. Well, the script was a diabolical for that. <laughs> uh, not only that, me and Gareth will be creating our own uh, Rick and Morty podcast, which will be out in November when season four returns of Rick and Morty. So check that out. As I said, lots going on. And if you do want to sponsor us, please do go to www.patreon.com forward slash fancritical. There you can you know pay us any sort of money you want but you do get rewards you get access to caster episodes chances to talk with us once a month about certain things that you mm. want to um us to cover or you just want to talk about theories with us like off you know not on a podcast you can commission a podcast we've got a couple commission podcasts coming up mm. uh from some of our patreons so that'd be very good and you can even be a guest on a podcast of your choosing which Madness. is also something that has also now been purchased we will be having yeah, guest speakers in the near future so if mm. you would like to be on a podcast with us of your choosing please do get in touch on the patreon patreon.com forward slash fan critical now let's jump into the plot of it (laughs) now john i um I went to see this at cinema with you, obviously, and uh, let's let's jump straight into the plot of it. Mm. Um, stop saying that. Stop the plot of it. Yeah, <laughs> stop stop saying that. Um, the opening was was interesting. Now, 
don't know, was it? I'm not going to say it's interesting because of the, the sexuality of the couple involved or anything like that. Nothing to do with that. I found it interesting because they're not really kids, which is kind of where I thought the opening of this was going to go mm. in terms of, you know, terrifying younger kids again, similar to Georgie. But they opened on a, uh, a homosexual couple who are sort of brutalised by some members Too of Derry. Much. Well, the thing about, and this is the interesting point about the book and stuff, is is Derry is just a very poisoned, oh. poisoned place, as a lot of, you know, uh, main places are for Stephen King. Mm. Now... What is interesting is just how this gets so brutal so quickly. Mm. Um, and then Pennywise takes a little chomp out of one of the lads well, who gets thrown in the in the river. Yeah, he's Thoughts? had a bad night. He's had a terrible night. Yeah. I well, mean, and the other guy as well. Can't believe he didn't pop up again. He didn't, did he? No. Bizarre. That was a bit weird. Yeah. Although the, the, the dead other fella who got bitten does pop up in, in a, as a sort of mm. ghoul <laughs> uh, later on in one of the... Um, visions of one of the sort of nightmares of one of the mm. adults i look i mean I'm, I'm not suggesting that there aren't like homophobe wankers out there that would mm. do this mm. but i mean that beating yeah right, right a vicious beating yeah a very unrealistic beating to be honest and then like, throwing him in the water throwing him in the water yeah. And it's like right next to the fun fair yeah. where there's loads of people. It doesn't make any I think, sense. I think what we don't get a sense of in the film, or we do with Henry <clears throat> Bowers to an extent, and maybe um, Beverly's father as well, is the extent of which Pennywise is able to manipulate the members of Derry, especially the parents. Yeah. It's, it's not always evident that it is actually manipulating, or Pennywise is manipulating certain characters to, you know, do his bidding, essentially. Kill people, yeah. lure them down to the sewers. Obviously, throwing this guy off the bridge is kind of maybe a tactic of it yeah. to to get him to feed, mm. start feeding him. It is interesting. I don't think the, the film does a very good job of it, actually. Um, yeah. no, okay, so that that's a fair point. Yeah. It's not something I've considered, obviously. Yeah. I'm, uh, and again, I'm not a book reader, so... Yeah, yeah maybe there is something missing there. Um Again, though, just felt a bit mental, like, come yeah. on, man. Yeah. And every punch felt like yeah. it was going to just take his head off. Yeah, it was quite visceral as well when Pennywise bites him. <laughs> uh, yeah. I wanted Pennywise to be more horrific, and they sort of did double down on that a couple of scenes in this one, which mm. I was really happy with. So um, Mike Hanlon overhears the incident on the police scanner, and then he, he still lives in um, in Derry, mm. and he, he realises that it might have returned. He, see, he goes to the scene of the crime, sees it says, come home. He calls the other members of the losers. We're talking Bill Denbra, Ben Hanscom, Beverly Marsh, Richie Tozer, Eddie Kasprak, and Stanley Uris. Uh, to all come back to Derry and they don't remember him or anything about what's going on. And on the phone, they all have very violent reactions mm. uh, to hearing his voice yep. and hearing him say, come home. Uh, the scars resurfacing on their hands, mm. the, uh, th the the fear throwing up, crashing car. <laughs> what were your thoughts about their memory loss? Yeah, I mean, I was a little bit like... What the fuck? What's wrong with it? what's wrong with them? Mm. Like, and again, obviously they explain it later on. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was just kind of. Like, I mean, I prefer that if they'd have just been like, oh, yes, I remember mm. when we were kids. There was this mad like clown alien thing. <laughs> yeah, we've moved on. Yeah, moved on. Um, I'm a stand-up comedian that now. Does, it does make sense that the only way that they could have moved on with their lives is to have forgotten and left the work and left Derry. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously Mike didn't leave Derry so he But he yeah and you would expect someone that remembers it to be sitting there listening to a fucking police scanner. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Constantly. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. I mean it's in the book as well they they do forget when they move away it's this supernatural sort of effect that mm. these cosmic things that happen around yeah. them are too much for mortal minds. So they sort of, it's literally the kind of the way it's described. So they, yeah. they do end up forgetting these cosmic things. Because um, obviously all of Stephen King's universe is, you know, linked. Mm. There are cosmic stories like the Dark Tower that go on alongside, you know, things like it. That That's mm. just the way it is. Yeah. Um, so it is it, the way it is. Uh, Stanley, sadly, when he receives the call, uh, decides to top himself. Stanley. Oh, he died early. Don't speak ill of Stan Lee, John. Yeah. You know he's very close to our hearts. 
But uh, Stan, Stanley, Stan, Stan mm. Uris mm. uh, decides to slit his wrists in the bathtub. Were you surprised by that sudden death? Um, One of the losers gone straight off the bat. Yeah, I was a little bit. Um, but I didn't really like him in the first film. I, I think Stanley is the weakest character and yeah. he is the weakest character in the book. And he mm. is, you know, as they say later on, the weakest character in terms of his um, ability to to stand up to things that he was scared of. Yeah, and, and I'm uh, definitely going to have a go at his his thing, uh, his letter at the end. But okay, yeah, okay, we'll we can, we can, we'll talk about that because that's, that's that very in, very interesting. Um, so he's 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 dead. Yeah. Uh, but the losers all reunite at a local Chinese restaurant. Made me very hungry. Hadn't eaten when we went mm. to the cinema, yeah, yeah. and that was looking very well, good. I did say, I did say, you did tell me to eat. We had a pint of Guinness, yeah. and then we didn't eat. Yeah. So my no, mistake. You said I'd, I've had a yogurt I didn't and a banana. No, it was three hours long. <laughs> I found out when you did. I was more. I. You know when people go to cinema, they're like, oh, really a piss. I don't need a piss. I've got a great bladder. I just need some Chinese food. Yeah. Um. So the losers reunite that at that, that, that restaurant. I love the scene. It's it's good. Brilliant. Yeah. Um. Very well acted. I love. It seems natural. It feels like the actors genuinely went down to a restaurant, hundred percent, got drunk, hundred percent, and had a good time eating Chinese yeah, food. And definitely. I love that. Um, it felt like the only moment of, or well, one of the only moments of happiness that the film has to offer. This mm. sort of retelling of their childhood without remembering the the tragedy of it at yeah. that point. And and I loved it. Um, mm. And I thought all the actors did a stellar job in that. Good, in that yeah. Scene. And uh, I guess that that speaks for the casting. Yeah. Jesus, man. They, the, they nailed that, The they? cast is extremely impressive. So good. When you look that you've got, um, you know, James McAvoy. Yeah. And you've got Bill Hader. And you've got... Um, but you almost feel like James McAvoy is a bit of a cheap one. Whereas the others are like... Yeah. I mean, the guy who they got to play Eddie Kasparek, I can't... <laughs> I don't, it's a spitting image. That is him. That is, that is genuinely him yeah, older. Yeah. And, and the, the way they act it is, is, mm. is, is absolutely brilliant. And Beverly Marsh, played by Jessica Tastain, is yeah. obviously excellent as well. Mm. Um, very good cast, very accomplished cast, and they've really doubled down um, on the adult members of the group. Yeah, nailed that. Uh, obviously, the scene gets very sour or turns very sour when they start seeing these apparitions of fear, these crazed like fortune cookie demon babies that keep propping out um that is rank it is rank our biggest my biggest problem the baby's little face man yeah that is weird my biggest problem with the with a lot of horror films actually is cgi and i have to say i know they have to go for it with this because some of the nightmares are literally insane like you can make (laughs) a prop of it really but i would have liked a lot more sort of props and Mm. less cgi yeah um but i do you know, the the reveal of Stanley's death in the Fortune Cookies is very tragic. Um, I loved it actually. Mm. I didn't really like the apparitions, but I did like the way that they found out. Yeah. I thought that was actually very chilling after yeah. such a lovely scene. I mean, you'd you'd be giving that restaurant like a one star on review Yelp. on. Is it Yelp or is it uh, yeah. Yelp reviewer? Do they not have TripAdvisor in the US? TripAdvisor, oh, they have Google. Oh, they yeah, have yeah, Google. yeah, yeah, yeah. All the review but, sites. Oh, I mean, the food was okay, but, you know... Fortune cookies. Our mate just died, and it just came <laughs> up in a fucking fortune cookies. <laughs> mate just died. Eyeball out of fortune cookie. <laughs> baby head spider out of fortune cookie. And there was some mutant bird thing sitting around. Oh, and a bat attacked us. Yeah. And... Uh, what cool. made what actually made me chuckle? So obviously the the thing about this is they can all see these things, but other people who aren't affected by Pennywise can't. Mm. And like waitresses, they're, they're, yeah. So they're <laughs> screaming their heads off, right? And literally grabbing chairs and smashing it at these like demon <laughs> creatures on the table, like literally destroying the restaurant, being so loud. Someone just walks in and goes, "Oh, is everything all right here?" Yeah. Sorry, you'd be like calling nine one one. You'd be like getting the security guards in. Yeah. You know, they probably don't have security, bless them. And if they did, you know... I mean, call the martial police arts. at least. They just walked outside like nothing had happened. It is ridiculous. Anyway, good fun. Mm. Um, let's move on to uh, them discovering uh, that how to defeat it, essentially, which is a major part of the, of the, of the film, mm. which is Mike takes Bill to his little attic uh, and says that he met with some Native American tribe members who showed him a vision of it arriving to Earth from the stars and informed him <laughs> of the ritual of Chude, a way of destroying it once and for all. 
Thoughts on Native American rituals. <clears throat> John, thoughts on the ritual of chewed as a name, ritual of chode, whatever you want to call it. Chode. <laughs> <laughs> ritual of chewed. Well, look, I mean, Native Americans are uh, prevalent, I guess, in Stephen King. Yep. Um, you I got mean, it's, Shiny. It's, it's, yeah. You got Pet Cemetery. Oh, man. So Pet Cemetery. Yeah. Um, so that's fine. I mean, it sounds a bit shit, doesn't it? Oh, mate, when we get on to book stuff. And listeners, if you want to hear some crazy shit, stay around for the book differences because mm. it's going to get it's going to get a bit freaky naughty. Mm. Uh, so, my, you know, Bill is drugged, I have to say, during this sort of revelation as well by some sort of root in his water. Mm. Miraculously still looks like but water. I'll t- tell you what I liked about that scene. Go on. When he first has that glass of water. Yeah, I noticed it as well. He was like, he I, was thought, like I thought he was being like really posh and a bit wanky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was like, oh, this doesn't look, this is yeah, a you, facial you, expression. Yeah, look. Bit of shit that. And water, then I was actually. like, "Oh, yeah, okay." So, there you go. Bit of a McAvoy. He did an absolute McAvoy. Yeah. Um, I will. I tell you why I don't like it, but I'll tell you the book differences. Mm. I mean, I understand why they did it. I still think it's a bit cheap. It's All bit, right. So, without going into the book stuff yet. Yeah. Um, are there Native Americans involved? Himalayans. Oh, I prefer that actually. Yeah. It's a bit, a bit different, different. Isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Stephen King actually stayed away from the Native Americans in the book. So Ooh. I think so. It's Himalayans. I'm, I'm pretty yeah. sure. Pretty certain. So. Fair enough. Um, so after Bill has seen this vision, he goes back and tells the others as well. And sort of with uh, Mike's help and the fact that Bev has seen the deadlights and the fact that she's all foretold their deaths. Yep. If they do not stop it, mm. they decide they have to stick around and confront <laughs> their, their past. If we must. If we... Oh, Fucking hell, go on yeah. then. Because they die horribly, apparently. Um, <laughs> whilst this is all going on, Henry Bowers, who was the crazed bully, and literally, as me and Gareth said um, when we reviewed it for the first one of the first podcasts fan critical ever did, mm. it was so over the top as a bully. He is he is, is bullying to the extreme, but as yeah. we know, he is influenced by Pennywise, mm. yeah. which is why he acts in the way that he does. Mm. He is sentenced to prison for 27 years yeah. uh, for the last 27 years sorry for, for the for the murder of all those kids essentially mm. and his father <clears throat> so he has aged badly yes <laughs> yes let's go on to that I mean they I mean some people have aged well it was a bit of banter like when they flick between the kids and mm. the older cast and they're like ah oh, what do I look like when I'm older you grow into your looks yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah. you know Ben is obviously he's it's an unbelievable <laughs> transformation. It's a transformation that I'm sorry. I believe more of the CGI demons than I do of Ben Hanscom's transformation yeah. in it. So There's nothing like him, man. No. But the Lazy. What, I have to say, Bowers kind of does look like Bowers, but he, oh my God, he has seen some bad days. Yeah. I mean, he's also an absolute nutcase. Yeah. Um, it's been like 47 years for him. <laughs> he Fucking hell. Has. Um, if you put them side by side, it cracks me up. He's hilarious, that guy. <laughs> he is hilarious. Yeah, I could not stop laughing. <laughs> I think we were the only people in the audience laughing. <laughs> when he jumps up at the window and oh, just such... his happy face at the balloon. <laughs> oh, fucking oh, hell, it was it hilarious. There was a lot of laughs. Yeah. Um, he's he, great, that guy. He is. But he's in a psychiatric institute and he sees the red balloon and it frees him and sends him on this quest to try and kill the losers, essentially. Yep. So there's not only the supernatural threat, there is also the human threat. So the ritual of Chewed, uh, or the ritual of Chode, whatever you want, uh, for it to work, each loser must have an artifact from their past. Mm. So we won't go through them all individually because that's mental, take us forever. Uh, Beverly <laughs> goes to her old home. We will Imagine talk- if that's what they were like. What, yeah, just... Oh, fuck that. You just, you go get what you need to. And yeah. We'll just give it a go. But then they would have cut down on the set pieces and you would have enjoyed the film more, John. It's true. Uh, so Beverly goes to her old home, gets the love letter that Ben wrote her all those years ago. Um, Bill goes to the storm drain where Georgie was killed and gets the boat uh, and sees the kid named Dean, which is important for later. Um, <laughs> in a way. Hiya, Dean. <laughs> hey, Dino. <laughs> Uh, so Ben goes to the high school and realises that it's actually the yearbook um, that Beverly signed as his artefact. Mm. Um, 
Mike, I can't remember what his is for life of me. Eddie has the pharmacy and the inhaler and Richie gets the uh, arcade and he gets the token. Mm. Uh, the most impressive scene for me out of all of those, John, is one that is also in the book, which is uh, Beverly visiting her old house and Mrs. Kirsch. Would you <laughs> like to talk about Mrs. Kirsch? Bloody hilarious, wasn't it? <laughs> um... What was cracking me up? Because Pennywise's movements are hilarious. Yeah. That's what we laugh at. Yeah. And... The little old woman just in the background of shot, just doing these little slinky dance moves oh, and then moving across. So a creepy. terrifying, yeah. but b also hilarious. So funny, especially when she's all naked and stuff. Well, yeah, I yeah. mean that that is especially funny. Yeah, um, it's just that first introduction where you, you know, she's she's in the background. Yeah, you can see her shadow kind of watching Beverly. Yeah, and then she does a kind of. Yeah, little back, jig. Scuttle back to the kitchen. Yeah. And it's like, oh. Oh, what's going <laughs> yeah. on here? Bloody it's a great knew, scene. Bloody knew she'd be horrible. It is a great scene, actually. Mm. That whole of the, the Beverly scene is, is amazing. The sort of, the, the, the vinyl playing and mm. sticking and yeah. the sort of looking at the pictures, that sudden realisation of dread. You know, my father was in the circus. <laughs> Looks a little Pennywise's face. Yeah. And it's just terrifying. And a giant troll, Kirsch, pops out and it's just so scary. It's horrible. Mm. Yeah. Um. But, yeah. yeah, and you actually see uh, Pennywise with no makeup on yeah. as Bill Skarsgård, which mm. I thought was also very interesting. Yeah. Um, His like, face is fucked. I mean, we talk about Castle Rock a lot, obviously, and he's <clears throat> the main demon-like character in that as well. Yeah. So very interesting. He loves, it, he? he loves it. He can't get enough of it. Loves it. Can't get enough of it. Um, <laughs> that was the best standout for me. I don't know if you want to talk about any others, but for me, that was the best. No, that that was the best. Um I reckon the worst... Yeah, go on. I know which one I think. Go on, then. I think Richie's one is the worst. Yeah, it is the worst. It's so stupid. You can't have it in daylight. Yeah. Just sitting on top of the fucking... Yeah, I just had a problem with the giant lumberjack, to be honest with you. Mm. I was a bit like, well, is he scared of the giant lumberjack? I was like, you know... Again, hilarious. Yeah, it it was stupid. It was silly. Mm. Yeah. Um... Very interesting, but this is where we find out about Richie's secret, though, which is quite interesting. We know your secret, Richie. I quite like that. Yeah. So is that you don't write your own material? <laughs> yeah, oh, very fair. No. Although he is very funny in this film. Yeah. Um. So after they all escape their individual encounters, the losers uh, gather the shower cap um, from the clubhouse where they, you know, we didn't see this stuff in the first film, and they do show parts of what we missed about mm. their like their clubhouse and. Stanley's little hair nets to stop the spiders, mm. um, which is all very nice and sweet. And the way they cut between the kids and the adults, I think, is actually quite masterfully done in this film. Yeah, in the book, it's a lot better because it runs simultaneously. <clears throat> but uh, I like the way they've, they've they've really done it in this film. Some mm. of the transitions are very very neat, yeah. very tidy. Yeah. Um, Bill is having a tough time, Billy, because he's got a lot of guilt on himself for Georgie. Still, he's just remembered it mm. after he's got back to Derry, obviously. Yeah. You know, he, he forgot it when he, he left, which is a bit weird when yeah, you think about it. Typical. Um, so he meets his kid, Dean, um, and Dean is lord to the funhouse. Billy is lord to the funhouse to try and save Dean. And we have this actually excellent scene where Dean is trapped in the middle. Pennywise is on one side of the glass. Mm. Billy's on the other side of the glass, confronting his guilt of not being able to save Georgie and now trying to save this kid called Dean. Mm. Uh, and Pennywise just bashes open the, the glass. With his own face. With his own face, which yeah. is terrifying. Yeah. This is actually one of the scarier moments with his giant teeth and smile. Mm. And then blood everywhere. Yeah. Just literally <laughs> bites his kid head off. Yeah. Uh, and I was just like, oh shit. Yeah. That's, some, that's what I want to see more. I know it sounds d- disgusting, but that's what I want to see more yeah, of. Yeah. These horrific moments, mm. you know. Um, can believe he's, called, he's killed Dean, man. Oh, Dino. Dino. <laughs> <laughs> that was terrifying. Yeah. Um, and that the kid, kid was fucking annoying, though. Yeah, but he? he did look like Georgie and he acted like Georgie as well. Yeah. So it was actually. What was Georgie? It, you know what? I was watching it thinking, <laughs> is that the same fucking actor? Because that yeah. is some good casting. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, He's just too annoying, that kid. Like, uh, there's a couple of scenes where he should be more panicked and he doesn't seem to act that panicked. Oh, what? The. I hear things in the bathtub, actually. Um, like what, mate? Um, yeah, but here, even uh, that, like just some stranger just yeah. like gripping your jumper going, <laughs> stay away from this drain! Stay you, away from the bathtub. That'd be terrifying. You we, move you out of town. You respond with, I've got to be at the fair. Like, Oh, yeah, oh, I'm late for the fair now, for fuck's yeah. sake. See ya. Billy 
and the losers then go to the old house, you know, the house which is the centre of their big fight with it in the previous film. Yeah, not sure why that's still there, but... Still there. Yeah. As you know, later on, it's very supernatural, isn't it, John? Well, yeah. Uh, they go there to finally take down it. They all have their totems. They've got the little case that they need to put it in. Mm. They've got the ritual of Chewed, or at least Mike does, <laughs> or ritual of Chode. And they they embark upon their, their journey. They, you know, they are in the house, there's... there's similar things that happen to the first fight with it you know we'll talk about all the nightmarish uh, scenarios they wander through the house wander down to the sewer through the sewer to where all the kids were floating before down into a new area climb down into where the meteor that carried it landed Mm. uh, and begin the ritual uh, lighting all of their totems which is very sweet and talking about them and then chanting and they think they've they've captured it. Unfortunately, yeah. it is not captured. He turns into a giant arachnid type creature <laughs> and chases them, kind of like a video game boss, mm, yeah. around the room. Mm. And there were different stages to this boss battle. Yeah. So stage one is each of the characters are thrown into nightmare scenarios that they must overcome to uh, snap out of it and come back to mm. the real world. Yeah. Beverly in the toilet, which is a recap of season um season one chapter one with the blood <laughs> uh you know ben in the clubhouse he's an architect and he's getting buried alive mm. you've got um georgie and billy again and bill finally realizing that it's not his fault why georgie died mm. uh, and you also have richie and eddie fight finding the doors in the house with scary very Fucking scary not that. scary at all very funny again yeah. uh they all defeat their their fears um you know Ben and Beverly admitting their love for each other in the process, which is quite interesting and quite mm. sweet. Yeah, uh, I love you now that yeah. you're this fit guy that's like a multi-millionaire. Multi-millionaire. <laughs> um, so they get out of that and they move on to stage two of the boss battle, which is an interesting stage. Richie is caught in the deadlights, and the deadlights, as we've said, is what happened to Beverly in the first film. It's that mm. those three balls of light. Uh, that basically suck the life out of you mm. and drain your energy, your yeah. chakra, whatever you want to call it. Um, and Rich uh, Eddie, who is a very scared individual, was told by Beverly, like, oh, this 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 kills monsters. This spear, um, <laughs> if you believe, Fact. if you believe it does, yeah. I believe, I believe. And he throws it pretty well. Yeah, good uh, shot. Allah the Night King in um, Game of Thrones with Ooh. his ice spear. Spoiler for Game Spoil- of Thrones. Yeah, spoiler. Uh, straight down the throat of Pennywise mm. into the deadlights, and he's in a world of trouble. Then what? Pennywise? Pennywise yeah, yeah, he's you know he's flopping all over the place, he's blood like, everywhere. Fuck, how's this happened? He's impaled himself on his own meteor. I mean, that's a bad day. Uh, <laughs> and it's basically, cool. you're like, ah, oh, yeah. And I knew this was coming. Um, but Eddie gets impaled straight away, pretty much after that, after this tender mm. moment of him saving Richie. Yeah, he gets impaled. Uh, right through the, the the heart, basically. Mm. Um, I mean, he was stabbed in the face earlier. Yeah, he's having a bad day. Hell. He's having a bad day. This is yeah. when Bowers is dead. So sorry, we are skipping over some things. Bowers is dead. Yeah, he went on a rampage, mm. very unsuccessfully. Uh, yeah, pointless. Got killed. A bit pointless. Got killed by Richie actually. Yeah. So sorry, we missed that. It's a long film. It's a mm. long book. Yeah. We've got lots to cover. Yeah, yeah. So the rituals happened. Now Pennywise isn't dead, and you're thinking they're fucked. They're basically fucked. They try and escape. Uh, they're cornered. And it's this idea that defi- finally sort of is able to help them defeat it, which is this idea that if they believe he is small, mm. then he, he will become small. That's the only way they can make him smaller, small enough to get his heart. Mm. Um, so they all start shouting at him. Oh, you're just a stupid clown. You're nothing. You're meaningless. Really harsh. You're just a bully. Mm. Yeah, harsh. Yeah, you know, really very harsh, harsh things to hear yeah, if you're Pennywise. Terrible. Thing. And he doesn't take it well. No. <laughs> he doesn't take it well. No. He shrinks down. No, yeah, to, he's tiny. Honestly, this little meek, blob-like character... <laughs> Uh, which is quite uh, we were laughing once again it's hilarious it's hilarious yeah Um, they grab his little heart and they all crush it together Mm. uh, signalling the end of Pennywise the end of it Uh, and Eddie sadly passes away Mm. thoughts on the ritual of Tude it's a lot to cover but what were your general thoughts about the end boss battle basically Um, I mean the end is that is shit just 
yeah, you're an idiot. You're a shit idiot. Yeah. And he's like, oh, oh I feel yeah. so bad now. Yeah. You small idiot. Oh, yeah. I'm small, am I? And he just shrinks into this. I was thinking, just be their size. And then they just, like, give him a good kick in. Again. But, like, just just tiny. Just a, t- a face. Just a face on the floor. I, there's a couple of things I, I want to talk about in this in this ritual that I'm not, I'm not happy with. Um, I'm not saying the one in the book is better. Um Obviously, in the book, it's I bet it was it, well, from the Himalayans. Mate, wait until we get to the ritual. <laughs> uh, there's a couple of things. Obviously, it's a book, so your imagination can sort of go a bit crazy with it. Um, I didn't like the way that they kept him as Pennywise, but with spider legs, because right. he is a. I oh, will talk about it in the book mainly, but it's a giant arachnid type <clears throat> creature. It's actually terrifying. Um, mm. This thought of a. I mean, most people hate spiders. Imagine a giant spider that's going to. Yeah, eat imagine you. moving to Australia. Well, yeah, less about that later. Um, <laughs> But uh, you know, it, so it's it is, it is scary, and I felt like just seeing Skarsgård's face on this spider legs or crab legs or whatever they are, it felt a bit shit to me. Mm, um, fair and it just went on for so long, didn't it? It um, did go on for so long. It did. Yeah, um, so did. it's it's a tough one. I didn't. They didn't stick the landing for me mm. uh, with this ritual. Yeah, it feels like. A more cohesive ritual than the book, which we'll come on to, but it didn't stick the landing. Mm. Let's talk about the aftermath of the battle and how the character's sort of epilogue goes. Mm. So obviously Eddie's dead, Richie's devastated. Mm. And we find out that Richie actually... There's actually a very sweet scene in the quarry where Richie's crying. Yeah. And they all hug him. Call back to season uh, season one, chapter one, keep saying that. Mm. Uh, and they all hug him. That yeah. is very good. Mm. I love that. Yeah. That was also one of my favourite shots of the film. Yeah. And uh, moments. Well, I'm glad someone was like yeah. devastated. Yeah, they're all just joking about it. Like <laughs> Eddie would have hated this. He hates water. Yeah. He hates He's dirty just fucking died. He's our mate. He's just died. Yes. Literally. Sacrificed himself. King hell. Um but we find out that Richie actually, we found out that he, he actually harboured serious affections for his uh, childhood friend, mm. Eddie. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that? Um, yeah, I mean, it's a twist on that thing where, you know, if, you, if you, you like the girl at school, you, yeah. you, you know, you pull their hair and, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, you make fun of them because you like them. And that's what he did. Yeah. They had, they always had that banter, didn't they? He was always they? pulling his hair and... Yeah. Like, we're old men now. Don't do that. Stop, stop doing stop that. Stop doing that. Yeah. Making mum jokes all the time. <laughs> yeah. You know, the classic banter. Yeah. yeah. Good, you know, good friendly banter. It gave a real arc to uh, Rich's character, mm. which made him the standout character of the Losers Club for me. Yeah, 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 um, definitely. He didn't, fl- you know, certain ones I feel of the Losers Club, certain characters drifted a bit. Mm. Um, ben being one of them. Yeah. Uh, Mike being another, even though he was central to the story coming together. Oh, I think Mike and Bill are just dull as. Yeah, but I mean, Bill did have a bit of an art with George, the Georgie thing and overcoming that. Yeah. But for me, the standouts were... He didn't were, even, were, fuck, he yeah. even remember that a, exactly. a, a, two days ago. Yeah, the standouts, <laughs> the standouts were Bev and um, Eddie and, and, and Richie for me. Mm. So I, I actually really enjoyed um, that little... That little extra piece of information that we got in the epilogue. <laughs> Uh, and then they also are not forgetting the events of what happened. Mm. You know, Ben and Bev are on a yacht somewhere, enjoying their millions and having lots of sex on yachts. Probably. Probably. Yeah, um, dog just watching. There was a dog there. And <laughs> yeah. probably, dogs do just watch sometimes. Yeah. I mean, I don't have a dog, so <laughs> I don't know why we're talking about this. Uh, I digress. Um, and then they, they're not forgetting, and Mike says that he loves, he loves Bill. Mm. Thoughts? Thoughts on the end of it? Um, the end of it. I was. Now look, I'm. I'm glad that Beverly and uh, and Ben got together. Yeah. You know. Um. I think he could probably do better. I have to say. You know, Beverly is. You know, she's a lovely woman. Beautiful woman. Beautiful woman. But you seen him? Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> he's a millionaire. He looks like fucking Nathan Drake or something. Yeah. He Charlie. he's probably secretly raiding tombs and yeah. getting artifacts and saving 100%. the world. Hundred percent. So I I mean I sort of question why he's not got a woman at this point anyway. The the one thing that I that does baffle me a little bit, go on. and I, I don't know if this is touched on in the book. Mm. So and look, I mean look, it's a life choice, I guess, but none of these characters have kids. They can't have kids. 
it, it, yeah, I can't remember how it's explicitly said, but it has triggered something in my mind. They, they, I believe they, none of them have children. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, yeah, it, after it seems co- like yeah. in the film, none of them have kids. Yeah. Um, and I was like, okay, yeah. Good I point. Mean, is there something going on there? Yeah, there is. Know. We'll come on to that. I haven't written it in my notes, but mm. you've just triggered it in my mind, so we, yeah. we can talk about good. it. Uh, and Organic. that's a good time to move on to uh, the book differences for it and mm. some extra little tidbits Ben's for you. Ben's got 10 kids. <laughs> <laughs> Len's wrong. We'll get loads of emails. Len is wrong. Uh, they can have kids. Ben's got seven. Uh, no, let's move on to the book differences after a little musical jingle. Listen, Red. Just like everybody else here. The house is burning. Hi, Georgie. I'm afraid I have a tendency to turn up the heat. Red Yes, time for King's Corner, the return of, and oh, yeah. uh, book differences. Uh, hope you enjoyed the little jingle. I love I, it. I enjoyed missed making that. it. I have missed it as well. I yeah. did enjoy listening to that once again now let's just say as i've said in this podcast some of the stuff in the books is nuts so bear with me and bear with it the book benefits from cutting between the kids and adults so it bounces back and forth between you know it's not yeah it's not it's not like chapter one and chapter two although chapter two does flip between the kids and the adults Mm. it's not it's not consistent is it whereas the book is far more consistent. Right. Let's start off with um, some interesting differences. Bill and uh, Beverly both have spouses, and in the film, you see them, okay? Yep. Mm-hmm. Tom and Audra. Tom, very abusive. Audra, a sort of actress, okay? Shit actress. Shactress. Um, they have much, much larger roles uh, in the books. Right. Okay, so basically Audra who is, you know, Bill's wife, heads to Derry out of worry for her husband. And Tom, uh, this is, you know, true to his character and true to the way that Bev's father was to her, beats the information out of Bev's best friend uh, and follows his wife there. Mm. Uh, Their paths bring them together when Pennywise, and we've talked about how Pennywise influences certain characters, influences Tom to kidnap Audra and take them down to his lair. As soon as Tom gets down to the lair, he looks at it and dies <laughs> <laughs> at the very state of it its true form good uh yeah. he just dies yeah uh instantly audra is sort of put in some webbing and made catatop yeah because it's a giant spider yeah, yeah, yeah and made or arachnid type creature yeah. and made catatonic right good. so when the people who make it down there make it down there and it isn't the same contingent that we've got in the film uh, because Mike is actually uh, in hospital. He was actually injured by Bowers before Bowers died. Right. He couldn't join them on the, the final crusade. Mm. Uh, when they get down there <laughs> and they defeat it or whatever, uh, Audra's, you know, taken out with Bill, uh, but she's still catatonic and she's catatonic for quite a while until right. basically Bill thinks, oh, fuck it, I'll just take her for a bike ride. Uh, and he takes her on silver. Uh, it's not a euphemism. And uh, she wakes up. Oh, that's good. So it's interesting, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, are you glad they omitted the spouses? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was a good yeah. call, wasn't it? Um, it's a bit weird. Imagine the scene where he just walks in, looks at it and dies. Especially uh, if it's not think, a giant spider and it's still Pennywise. Yeah. <laughs> it's a yeah. crab. Uh, crab Pennywise. Yeah. Crabby-wise. Um, yeah. That, uh, that would have crapped me up. I guess... Um, <laughs> There, there is there is a gap there, isn't there, in the film where you've got this crazy guy that yeah. he knows where she's going as well. Yeah. And, he, and he's just like, oh, fuck it, go then. Straight away, it's like, how is she even involved with this person? Obviously, she's... I'm not saying she's attracted to abusive figures because of her past, but obviously no, there's, but, a, there's a lot going on yeah, there yeah, yeah. that you, you sort of have to read into a little bit. Mm. Let's talk about Stan. Um, he leaves no letter... And you did want to talk about the letter, John, so we can talk about it now. Yeah. It's a good time to talk about it. Mm. He leaves no letter after the suicide in the book. The only note that Stan leaves is the word it uh, in blood, on his, his own blood, on a wall as he's mm. dying. Jesus. Very brutal. Yeah. Uh, your thoughts on the letter then that was in the film, a right. film creation. Yeah. So yeah. it's too nice. 
Yep. And also, <clears throat> if he's that weak, yep. then just be weak. Don't be like, that's extremely strong to go, I'm going to take my life. Yeah, to save the to, others. Yeah, it, the nonsense. Yeah. Like, just, I, it, you know, him just topping himself and then writing it on the wall, that yeah. makes more sense. And I will say this, the book inherently is darker. Um, mm. There's a lot of things that happen that were omitted, uh, and we'll talk about some of them, but the general f- terror that this has seriously affected them. Mm. I feel like they kind of get away with it at the end. And we'll talk about in a minute how, how they don't really get away with it. Let's talk about how they discover the origins of it. Uh, so the kids have their little clubhouse. And they Ben does some reading because, you know, he's a bit of a bookworm. Does some reading and finds out that the... the, the um, this is Native Americans. Uh, used, like, smoke holes to like hallucinate right or whatever with yeah, like yeah, sort yeah. of lucid dreaming yeah, or whatever yeah, uh, and i think two of them i think it's two of them i think it's like richie and another one are able to stay in there long enough to hallucinate and see the meteor falling to earth millions of years ago okay, yeah. and that's kind of like they're like wait guys you know this this thing's been here for millions of years this is Derry. this Derry was built on this thing it's right. not like something that's just invaded their town mm. so that's quite interesting a different way of doing it they, they discover it when they're kids yeah I'm pretty sure. Uh, the Ritual of Chewed. Now, this is ridiculous. This is where we go full crazy. And if you like Stephen King mythology, you'll love it. And if you don't, and you don't know anything about it, you'll be like, well, that is mental. So in the book, the ritual is brought to them by the sort of godlike character um, called Maturin, who is the turtle god, a mostly benevolent, <laughs> if uh, often indifferent celestial creature who actually created... Uh, pretty much the multiverse or the macroverse, I think it's called, or something. Right. Um, I think something to do with he had indigestion and it created it, or something like that. Right. So You're talented. He the, now you've got to get your head around this, everyone. So God of the universe is a giant turtle. Mm. So get that around your head. Yeah. Didn't, didn't think that was coming into a film or story like this. No. Thoughts on Giant Turtle? There was a shot of a turtle which I loved during the film in Mike's attic mm. when they're talking about. The ritual and stuff, which I, think, I liked, was a nod. Yeah, uh, I think if a big turtle just turned up, <laughs> you'd loved it. I probably would have. Loved it, yeah. <laughs> I'd have been fucking. I'd have burst into tears of laughter. Yeah. Um, yeah. Turtle God. Yeah. What's his name? Maturin. Maturin. Yeah. Just nonsense. Isn't Absol- it? Absolutely um, nonsense. So he's sort would be of, hilarious. It though. would be hilarious. He's sort of like the. I'm not saying that it is as powerful as Maturin, but he it is a sort of demigod mm. sort of creature. And Maturin is like the, the, the good side of that, like mm. not not evil. And sometimes he like lends a hand. And in this instance, he's lent a hand to the kids uh, with some guidance. So in the show... Not a hand. Little trotter, what they got? Know, what what they a tortoise have? has got, trotters? Yeah. He's a turtle. If you know what... He's a tortoise. Yeah. Email he's us. A tortoise, is yeah, he? I think so. Email us if you know what a... Um, what a, a tortoise's foot is called or yeah. you know feet uh, fancriticalpodcast at gmail.com <laughs> or let us know on any of your social channels yeah. um, any of our social channels so in the show the totems are burned okay uh, and there's a reason why that's a very smart decision because it enabled each character to revisit their fears I mean mm. I, we said it's a bit much but it also allowed uh, you know a more sensible ritual to take place <laughs> um, so the ritual happens twice for the losers in the books it happens as kids and they do it again as adults because they fail the first time right or they believe they succeeded but they actually haven't succeeded Mm. okay so bear with me on this so the first time they do it uh the ritual involves you know two part the the two conflicting parties so the losers and it biting on each other's tongues and telling jokes until one of them laughs and the other wins Okay. <laughs> Automatic thoughts on that, John. Why? <laughs> Why is that happening? Okay. So the general idea... And sorry, the, the Maturin told him this, did he? So, when Bill is first performing the ritual of Chewed in as a kid, mm. he is sent through the macroverse um, where he encounters Maturin who tells them how to defeat it uh, by doing this. It's a battle of wills. So basically it's like... A battle of like belief, basically, which sort of is in in how they beat him. Um, and so Bill travels through cosmic space, sees a turtle, 
Uh, he uses, I think he uses his like tongue twister thing right. to that he says to help with his stammer. Mm. Um, and then basically he ultimately wins or thinks that he wins by saying good things that he believes in because they're kids, right? Mm. So they're quite young and Santa Claus, that sort of stuff. Um, and they think they've succeeded. So that's the first time they do it. It's mm. a mental ritual. So, yeah. Okay. Second ritual. I think basically Bill's in the macroverse again. So you do the ritual, you get pulled into the macroverse. We see giant turtles. He sees dead turtle. He sees dead turtle. So Ooh. he's worried. Like, yeah. yeah so I don't know if turtle's dead. I don't know if Maturin's dead at this point. Right, Jesus, yeah. But basically Richie jumps Sh- in. A shell of himself. <laughs> Good. <laughs> uh, Richie hears that the, it's not going well, jumps into the macroverse, starts telling loads of jokes, Um and then basically they're losing again. And Eddie basically sprays his inhaler down Pennywise's throat or right. its throat. Mm. Uh, and that saves saves them, basically. Right. Uh, thought, thoughts on that, John? It's more personal, isn't it? I told you it's mental. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's more personal than just picking up just the fucking... The, what is it like the the poker the poker yeah the inhaler poker. makes more sense but obviously he's burnt the inhaler at this point yeah 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 but it was that same idea of belief if you get what i mean he believed that the inhaler was i think it's something like good medicine or something in the book mm. and he sprays it down the throat because that's a be- that he believed it and that's why they kept the line in there this will kill monsters if you believe it will kill monsters mm. Fair enough. Also to note, I mean, this is getting crazier. It is actually sort of a female creature. And in the layer are eggs. Oh, Jesus. So they are killing these eggs and it's going mental. Mm. And they're doing it because imagine if there were loads of it. Mm. So that's quite interesting. Left that out. Yeah. Eddie, bless his little cotton socks, like we said, sacrificed himself. Uh, Speared in the the film, uh, arm ripped off in the book bleeds out uh, and utters some words which I I had to check but I remember it sort of because this is about the love thing Mm. okay so he sprayed the inhaler in arm gets ripped off Um, Richie's you know like cradling him and they're all around him Mm. Uh, and and Eddie goes to say you know I I I (gasps) and then he dies so you, you, (laughs) you kind of left so I think the line that I've copied here from the book is Eddie closed his eyes thinking how to finish. And while he was still thinking it over, he died. Right. Lots of speculation. And we'll talk about that now because the speculation in question is to do with was, you know, Richie and Eddie, did they have, you know, a lot of people ship them in the books. Never confirmed in the books. Never confirmed by Stephen King. Confirmed mm. in the film potentially because they've they've gone double down mm. on the shipping of Reddy. Uh you know, we've talked about it already, but you're you're a fan. Um, yeah, why not? Why not? Um, it's uh, look. I mean, why not? They they get along. They do get along. Um, probably easier than being. Eddie in a, could probably do know? better than Richie, to be honest. You reckon? Yes. Richie's a stand-up comedian, man. He's a mess, man. <laughs> Honestly, like Jesus. Eddie's, uh, you know, all right. He's a risk assessment. They're the odd couple, guy. They're the odd couple. Yeah, well, yeah. That's a good sitcom. <laughs> anyway, enough about that. And I think probably the most uh, tragic difference in the books is the fact that after all of this and their reforging of friendships after having, you know, that amnesia, they all start to forget it again. Mm. And all those wonderful bonds that have been forged and remade are forgotten. And Mike's like writing um, a diary, right? And he's writing in his journal. And as he's writing in the journal, he starts like forgetting things. Like some of the lines. He's like, Eddie, um, he's like, oh, he's like, oh, all it costs us was our friendship and Stan and Eddie, um, Stan and Eddie's lives. What were their last names? I can't remember their names. Why can't I remember their names? Stuff like that. Mm. And then it ends, um, you know, with his his journal, basically, and the, the idea that they're forgetting everything again, which mm. is horrifying. He's, he wrote it down, at least. Yeah, but that's why he's writing it, like, because... And then he dropped the book in a fire <laughs> by accident. <laughs> but, like, 
it isn't it mad that they all isn't that horrible that like the that's, thing that's a better ending though. it's so much a better ending and mm. i just don't know whether there will be a director's cut where they will explore that because they even have that scene explicitly in the film this time where it goes why are we not forgetting this time yeah and for me that was just a bit like ah oh, i really wanted them to forget mm. not because i like sad endings but you know like that and there's a funny thing that we should talk about about endings because you know obviously James McAvoy's character's a writer you know Billy's character's a writer doesn't write good endings Stephen King's even in the film himself Mm. and criticises write a better ending Stephen King has been criticised multiple times for writing bad endings and I mean as you can hear from some of these plot points they're insane (laughs) Uh, but they're universe building plot points because they all do relate to other books like The Dark Tower like um so many of the books that we've even covered in Castle Rock coverage before. Mm. But is, you know, this is a good ending where they start forgetting everything again. Mm. Uh, you know, I'm not saying the ritual's good. I'm not saying any of that. I'm saying the actual ending, the tragedy, the, the emotional tragedy of it. And it feels like... There was a God taught us in there. Yeah, yeah taught us God, yeah. <laughs> That's normal, mate. It turns <laughs> out that the, the show... Is, is the movie doing something silly by sort of fucking itself over by taking away a good ending and giving them a happy ending. I don't think it's that clever. I don't think it is either, but in my head, that's kind of what's happened. It's just Hollywood though, isn't it? Yeah. I kind of feel like it's a studio decision, like they mm. need it to be happier. Yeah, I mean, I can think of another film that does that. Yeah. Um, but I'm not going to say what it is. Okay, yeah. Because that would be ruining it, ruining it yeah. um, for, the, uh, for the listeners. Yeah. But, I mean, I can say the film. Yeah, go on. Um, so Shutter Island. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the, the ending in the book versus the film, um, I mean, one is very on the nose. And yeah, the other and the other one one's like, ambiguous. I wonder what's... Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that and is the true. film suffers for that. Yeah, it's a good film though. Yeah. It could be better. Yeah. But yeah, that's our thoughts. That's our thoughts on it. Uh, a truly mm. tragic story. A truly, uh, you know, fantastical adventure I mean we've said this when we came out of the cinema it's not really a horror film um, no. it's more fantasy it's yeah. like Goonies for adults um, mm. and we've said that for ages and loads of people have said that it's just it is, it's a journey and you go on the journey with these losers and realise that they're not losers and they've forged these amazing some friendships well some of them are yeah Stan uh, forged <laughs> these amazing friendships and you know this amazing bond that is with them forever defeating this supernatural creature it's an amazing story if you haven't read the book and you've enjoyed the film, please do go read the book. Mm. I think you'll be pleasantly surprised with the way the stru- it's structured and the way that um, you get so much more insight into some of the characters than, than just these horror set pieces. But I also do think you'll be like, what the fuck is going on here? Mm. There are moments of that. Yeah. Um, well, you've just heard some of them. And yeah. You're just like, what the fuck? You're speechless. I've never heard you speechless before. Well, I just, I'm still trying to figure out whether a, it would be like a hoof or a paw. <laughs> I think it's a trotter. A, a trotter? A tortoise trotter. It sounds better. Let well, us know. We'll get the answer soon. Yeah, we will. Thank you, uh, listeners. Uh, but that's been our that's been our coverage of it. As I said, Castle Rock season two coverage starts soon. Uh, this is on the fan critical and Castle Rock uh, mm. critical channels. That trailer coverage will be out later this week, as will Mindhunter recaps, as will... <sighs> future content of HBO's Watchmen, maybe The Walking Dead again, as well as, you know, which we haven't talked about much, but that's definitely in the pipeline, as well as Rick and Morty, as well as so many other things. Please do sponsor us on Patreon if you can spare a little bit of monies. It's a couple Um, of bucks. We don't do this as a job. This is a part-time thing for us, so any extra... Uh, feels like a job it does sometimes yeah sometimes it does but uh you know it's a lot of work for us to do a a day job and then come and do a podcast especially when we're trying to offer up so much content so if you if you do want some extra bonus content a shout out uh, to commission a podcast or be a guest on a podcast patreon.com forward slash fan critical follow us on the social media channels at fan underscore critical on instagram at fan critical pod on twitter fan critical on facebook uh we have very much enjoyed talking about it uh thank you john for joining me cheers mate unfortunately the other losers could not join us today um you know it's a shame they don't like horror films really gaz does but you know emma and lucy just did not want to see this (laughs) Uh, they were actively like nah we're all right um but thanks for listening guys as i said lots of content coming out let us know what you think email us thank you very much goodbye goodbye i am a torrent 
<laughs> I am a turtle. <laughs>